0: daily inspiration podcast on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Oliver Cox. Oliver, you are the digital strategy lead at L&T, an acronym company. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Really, really good to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: And what does L&T do? I mean, we met at the Inc. 5000 conference. Uh, and, and so obviously, you're doing something right. And what is that something?
1: Well, obviously this is a pretty complex question to answer, but I'd say there are really four headings here. Um, we are listeners. We listen very intently to our clients to find out what their message is. Um, we believe that the medium is the message, which is to say that there are very the, the question of the right medium with which to tell a story is a very important one. We are publishers which is to say that we work with our clients to help them get their ideas and vision out on a regular basis through writing, design, et cetera. And we're also in the business of helping our clients to find their audience. So how do we communicate that message? How do we find ways to locate that audience and get that get those ideas out there?
0: So it sounds very holistic. Yes. Um, so if if I were your client, what what's kind of the journey that I go through? Uh, first, I hear about l and I hear you can solve my problems because right now, I don't know that we have great messaging. Um, what do we do? Really good question. So Thank you. There are a few things... <laughs> good. Yes. I only good ask good questions, Oliver. Good questions.
1: <laughs> 100%, 100%. So, there are a few sort of questions again that we would ask of you one would be to say whom do you want to talk to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: who are the people that matter to you and then we can make some assumptions we can learn about those people and figure out what the information what is the information they need what do they need to know what are they looking for how can you help them um, by telling your story then the question is what is your vision? What are the ideas that you have that nobody else has? And you mentioned the Inc. 5000. This is really interesting because all of these Inc. 5000 companies, they've built really interesting, unique technology, supply chain, consumer companies um, in fields that people really couldn't imagine existing previously. Every single year, people are inventing new fields yeah. um, that outlining visions that nobody thought could exist. Right. And so we at l would say, you know, you founded this company. You knew something that nobody else knew. You understood something that nobody else knew. What is it? How can we pare that down and express it? Okay, cool. So, um, so let's say that it's me, um,
0: since I have the, the the genius here who's doing a lot of this work. Um, and, and so, you know, our mission, for example, is to—I mean, we our, our belief is that everybody has a message that could positively impact the world. Like, and so that sounds real mm-hmm. vague in general. Um, but how do we actually do that? Um, well, you know, I, I believe that you know, in order for you, I mean, visibility is everything, exposure is everything, and authority is the currency that drives so much commerce today because consumers have, have never been more skeptical. So, our job is to kind of, you know, check all those boxes, you know, really uh, do some very tactical things for our clients, whether it's media visibility, whether it's, you know, connecting with influencers or, you know, when that consumer is doing their due diligence you know, they're like, well, who is this Josh Ellage guy? And so they do a Google search on me. They check me out on social. They, you know, look for indicators of authority before they invest any more time with me. I mean, I guess that's kind of the reality. Um, but so if I were working with LT, then what would we do with that? Like, that's our intention. Um, and I guess audience selection, I think if I'm thinking about, you know, your kind of your pillars of work, you know that's probably where we need to be a little bit more focused. Well, how do you, how do you work out audience selection?
1: Mm-hmm. That's that, that's a, it's very complex and it's especially complex these days. But I'll but I'll give you one example. Yeah. So let's say that we are working in technology, and we're talking about hardware. We're talking about a company that builds. Tech hardware for we don't have to be more specific than that. the The question then is, what are the informational needs of the audience that they want to speak to? So let's say um, their prime audience is people that want to find vendors to build some form of uh, smart home system. Mm-hmm. So. What are what do engineers that are building smart home systems need to know what is the information they need to help them do their jobs better every day mm. um, in many spaces this information is scant it's hard to find and then we could say, interview the client, really understand their expertise of having worked in this space and then just write about it write about all of the the facts, the data, the trends that they know about. Um, And what you can do there is kind of pair up the informational needs that we establish for the audience as we understand them with the knowledge of the client. Then step two would be what is working. Of all of the writing and the publishing that we've done, that we then hopefully ranks on Google, we share it on social media. What works? What actually connects with the audience? What actually brings them in? So the audience selection is this sort of organic process wherein we see about establishing their needs, meet them as as much as we can by publishing and sharing information on a regular basis, or do something. Uh, I don't know if you can hear that, but um, somebody fell over and we were just there. and it was a child. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, go. Um, kids falling over, man. It happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I'll leave a space if, if you want to do it. Nope, nope. We go. It's okay. Kids okay. fall over. It's a part of life. <laughs> okay, I hear that.
0: So, so, um, so as Oliver, as I understand it, then so you do a lot of research, identify the audience, identify the problem, and then from a content. Marketing standpoint or a content strategy standpoint, you then want to produce content that is going to pull in that ideal audience. Is that right? And so that's what L and T is. That's in terms of like um, the services rendered.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's one of the things that we do. One hundred percent.
0: So that so that sounds like why um, why content? Why does that do a better job than just more and more ads?
1: So you put it very well uh, when you you explained it from your perspective. So who is Josh? Well, an ad can say maybe one thing, Mm -hmm. and you can target an audience, serve your ad inventory, get some ideas out there. But what if I really, really want to dig deep into your vision, Josh, as a person? What if I want to find out more about the way you think? What if I want to test out in detail the the sort of underlying understanding that you have of your space and the market that you work in? And so if you really want to do that, the fundamental currency here is the written word because that's really how you can express these things in detail Um, at a higher level. And with a sufficient granularity um, in terms of specifying the details, and this too, we can then move into things like longer form materials, white papers ebooks yeah long form digital stories
0: is is this for l and t is this this is all written is that right we
1: it, somewhat so you 've got the main uh, element of this, which is brand publishing, so that's regular publishing, um, and the, the sort of fundamental uh, part of that is the written word. We can we then build experiences around this. Yeah. So, for example, as part of a lot of brand publishing strategies that we do, uh, we insert graphics, graphs, perfect illustrations. Then on on the converse. We, we, for example, work with a lot of companies on branding. So a lot of companies come to us, they've been very successful, but they feel like they need or they could present themselves online and generally in a way that fits better with what they have to offer in their vision. And so we can do all of the graphic design work, the thinking, the work with messaging, to create that new brand and build it. Design sites, build sites, test them, everything of that nature. Oliver,
0: um, most, most of the people coming in, coming in through your front door, uh, on the, uh, I, I guess on the matrix of they need more quantity versus they need more quality uh, in terms of their content, are, are you, would you say that most people are kind of missing the quality Uh, side of that, and they're just pumping out stuff that's really not doing much for them?
1: This is a really interesting one. And there there are, I would say, a few scenarios that happen here. Uh, A very common scenario is that leadership in a company decides that they want to do publishing, or they want to do content. And they do it, they write, takes them much, much, much too much time, And they give up. And so for them, the problem is not quality, it's scale. Mm. Sometimes the people that we work with have worked with freelancers who they probably didn't give enough time or attention to. They maybe scaled it up, but never quite got the quality, never quite got the listening factor. You know, a freelance writer can get the content out there but it's a challenge to really listen and spend enough time with the subject matter experts to create stuff that's really, really valuable and kind of rings true as sort of visionary, visionary content. So that's one thing. You know, they've, 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 they've published, they've got the scale, but it doesn't quite make it. Then the, the third sort of scenario is people who have experimented with this kind of thing Maybe they don't have a strategy. Maybe they do have a strategy. Um, But what they need is very careful thinking and strategic thinking. Thinking in the way that I described earlier where I talked about thinking about the audience, finding the audience, establishing that audience's informational needs, and then matching that up with, with publishing. Some people just publish because they know that they need to. That might work, but it will work 10 times better if it's strategic, if that makes sense.
0: How important is uh, repurposing? Or, you know, if you, this philosophy where you create one piece of pillar content and then you look at it, you're like, guys, come on, this is like, you know, 20, uh, this is like 20 social media pieces. You, You could create audio around this, create video around this. Like this is great original content, you know, based on this one article, I mean, we got enough material here to keep several divisions of your company busy for, for the next week. Is, is that the kind of thing you, you recommend?
1: Absolutely. Um, and what I would say is it, the, the value add or the value multiplier here is not necessarily efficiency. What I wouldn't say is is that that repurposing is a source of of efficiency here. I wouldn't think of it that way. I think of repurposing as being a source of finding additional ways to help people connect with those ideas Mm -hmm. because people are completely overwhelmed by all of the information that is coming towards them online every day. Uh, If you say something valuable, it makes no sense just to have that exist in one format. For example, if you write, just like you said, an excellent blog post, why should that just be a blog post and not several social media posts? Well, that's probably a very good idea to do because people use the Internet in different ways. People seek information in different ways. And you may have written that article for the person that is seeking it, and searching for it conversely there may be somebody on linkedin for example that doesn't know that that's what they need yet so if you chain if you take that article and make it form the basis of um a slideshow video or social graphic then you've you've had the chance to 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 um to help it help that person find it if that makes sense yeah.
0: So uh, Oliver, I'm on your website and the website is l and And so I'm looking at the logos of clients that you work with and I'm seeing logos for the United Nations, Lenovo, Baxter, USC, Columbia University, Deloitte. I mean, these are some pieces of big companies. How do you get, how do you land clients like that? What's your secret?
1: Um, I would say... There are, there are a few elements here. One is what you do during the, the process of building a strategy. And you know, I, this is my title. I'm a, a strategy person. I'm a strategy lead here. There are thousands of companies that mm-hmm. do writing, well maybe hundreds, but probably thousands many, many that do ads, many, many that do both of these things, many, many design companies Uh, and a a business like um, or an organization like the United Nations or like some blue chip uh, technology company, they have the pick of all of these businesses uh, to to work with. So my, my recommendation would be you have to really, really listen a, an organization that is, let's say, to bring it back to the Inc. 5000, an Inc. 5000 company, they're growing fast, they have a novel approach or a novel technology, you have to listen. You have to really, really listen to them when they explain what makes their business work, it, when they explain how they talk about their business, how they express their vision to the people that matter. And you have to really work to build a marketing approach that is completely unique to their needs. And you have to build something that they know that they could not find elsewhere. And so uh, in in this company, we're we're not, you know, publicists. We're not a huge ad firm. We're, We're fairly new. But what I would say allows us to do really good work with some of the names that you mentioned Mm -hmm. is that listening factor. Really taking a step back, allowing ourselves the time, giving them the time to form an understanding that you just can't um, access. No no one-size-fits-all, no out-of-the-box solutions. You really have to... Give yourself the time, stop talking for a moment, and listen, if that makes sense.
0: You know, I'm fascinated, and I wonder who does a lot of your sales outreach, you know, and what that conversation is. Is it, uh, hey, Deloitte, um, we'd like to come in and listen to you for a bit. Um, obviously, you've got, uh, you know, you're you're probably going in and, and, and trying to get them to identify their problem, and that is that their content is, is not bringing them value. That got… That has, to, that has to be a really common problem. I've, I've heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. We're spending all this money into content. I don't even know if it's really making us money. Do you, I would imagine that's probably you. You, you probably can fig- help them figure that out really quick, and and then maybe help turn that around. And say, let's solve this. Let's because uh, you know uh, right now you're just dumping all this money into this. It's not doing you any good. Um, Let's let's be a little bit more strategic about it. It sounds like that might be your um, your USP. It,
1: it's it's one of them. It's one of them, and the the content side of this is such a challenge because I don't know. Maybe four or five years ago, the content is king meme mm-hmm. came out, and I think a lot of people sort of got on that bandwagon and because you know, it kind of rung true and made sense to them without really having a, a very good strategy behind it, both to orient how they publish, but also to measure the effectiveness of the strategy. So now there are a, a fair few companies out here that are running strategies like this, but have no way to benchmark them and figure out what's effective and why. And absolutely, that's something that we can do. We can come in and say, What's working up? Uh, is this generating new leads? Is this moving your sales conversations forward? If not, why not? If so, what about the stories that you're telling works and how can we replicate it and scale it and do it in different areas? Oh,
0: so I would imagine it, it looks like you work primarily with enterprise level, uh, clients. Um, and so, um, you know, well, I would
1: say, um, it, it, just to be clear here, yeah, um, we we love to work with enterprise-level clients. Uh, we work with a lot of medium businesses, uh-huh. you know, a lot of those Inc. 5000-style, privately-held businesses. Uh, we work with startup companies, mm-hmm. far, very fast-growing companies, especially tech companies, artificial intelligence companies. Yeah. Um, sorry, I cut you off there, but I just no, want no, to that's great. make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and what, I mean, what does engagement look
0: like? Like, how does that, uh, I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, again, uh, L&T is going through a lot of growth, obviously themselves. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you're doing great, obviously you're doing some things
1: right. Yeah. So an engagement with us, like, uh, as I mentioned before, on some level, everything has to be custom. Mm-hmm. And the way we engage on some level is custom for every client. But the, the fundamentals of a relationship with us are, one, we want to form a long-term partnership. Two, we want to take as much of the work that you are currently doing in terms of marketing, writing, off your plate, and do as much of that busy work as we can. And we want to liaise with you as frequently and on as high a level as possible to get your ideas, to get your vision, get a feel mm. for that. And then what that means is that essentially we work with our clients, we commit to delivering for them a publishing cadence, a cadence of writing, ongoing ad campaigns, um, or maybe we're committing to on a monthly basis and over a course of several months uh, undertake a rebrand for them, build them a new website we're essentially um, committing to deliver work on a regular basis and in doing so meet some very high level strategic goals Um, and it's essentially team as a service if you like
0: Yeah, when you say you're the digital strategy lead uh, at L&T, what do you spend most of your day doing?
1: It's it's a combination of thinking and communicating with and collaborating with our clients to yeah. deliver on all of these things that I discussed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it's a fair bit of, of new business. So talking to people who are interested to work with us and building strategies with them, listening to them and a fair bit of L&T's own storytelling as well huh. so for example I just finished a white paper on listening and it's currently in our design studio and it will be released very soon and so I take great enjoyment in writing for L&T on our on our blog creating white papers and telling our story as yeah well.
0: very very cool so Oliver Cox, you are the digital strategy lead at L&T, and you're on the web at L&T.co. And, that's A-N-D-T.co, So L-A-N-D-T.co. Oliver, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure.